Hey, everybody, and welcome to Sisters and Scriptures. I am your girl, Glow, and I got with me my two besties. Hey. And it's Mayor Bear. <laughs> All right. I am going to start with praying us in. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for bringing us together again, Lord. We thank you for all that you have done for us, Lord. We thank you for blessing us with places to lay our head that is comfortable, Lord. We thank you for being able to wake up this morning with all of our senses, Lord, with our sense of seeing, smell, touch, taste, that we can enjoy the things in this life. Lord, we pray for those who are unable, Lord. We pray for those with disabilities that might not have a leg or a foot or an arm, Lord. We pray that you bless them, that you keep them safe, that you help them to get everything that they need, that you comfort those who are mourning, uh, and that the listeners are blessed by the things that they hear in this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, so today we're going to talk about the Beatitudes, and it's coming from Matthew 5, verse 3 through 11. This is the start of Jesus' Sermon on the Mountain, and the Beatitudes were given to Christians for them to know what it means to live and to be a Christian. So these are kind of like a, a blueprint of what a Christian is supposed to act like. Um, there are eight Beatitudes, so we're going to go through each individual Beatitude, and we're going to discuss each individual. The first one says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Ladies, what do you think that God is trying to tell us Christians about this Beatitude? This one, I think for me, was the, <laughs> it's the first one, which is crazy, because for me, it's the one that was most challenging to understand. Mm -hmm. Because you think, whenever you hear poor, you think people don't have anything. So then you're saying mm -hmm. poor in spirit, and you're like, people don't have spirit? That doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I would have thought that Jesus would have wanted someone with spirit, right? But mm -hmm. um, I kind of read a little bit about it, and it talks mm -hmm. about poor in spirit really means someone who's humble, basically someone mm -hmm. who knows that they are nothing without Jesus, that they are nothing without God. It means that and not necessarily lacking spirit or lacking in spirit, which is kind of what my brain went to when I saw that whole poor in spirit for like the last however many years I've been studying the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's the same thing for me. Um, just like you said, I was like poor in spirit, but then I thought about it, you know, the Holy Spirit, like you, you rely on the Holy Spirit every day. And when you are poor in spirit, you basically are relying on God daily to fulfill your needs um, and not relying on other other things. So basically seeking for the Holy Spirit and his guidance daily and, and saying for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So basically like if you if you're humble enough and depend on God daily, you're basically seeking the things of God and of the kingdom of heaven. So that's where I 
kind of saw that um, as Christians, we are to be poor in spirit. We are not to be high and mighty on our own self, Mm -hmm. but to Mm -hmm. rely on the Holy Spirit daily and having that relationship with God each and every day. And that when you do the blessing, because if you look at the Beatitudes, everyone start, every, every one of them start with a blessing. And then the reason why the blessing is happening mm-hmm. and it's saying that basically you'd be blessed if you are poor in spirit and that this is what you would get is that you would get the kingdom of heaven. So the things of not the world, but of God. I the king- <laughs> the kingdom of <laughs> the kingdom of heaven too is interesting because I think that a lot of people read this and see, oh, I'll get into heaven if mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm poor. Like a lot of people interpret this, I feel like interpret this way wrong, and it's so easy mm-hmm. to interpret it wrong, right? Because right. you know you're thinking, oh, if I'm poor, I'm gonna get in heaven. That means if I'm rich, I'm not going to go to heaven. Right. <laughs> but that's not even what it means. To get into heaven, that just means that you're saved, and that's the blood of, mm-hmm. of Jesus. So mm-hmm. I think this is more referring to we'll be co heirs right. with Jesus. We'll actually not just get into it, but we'll actually be part owners of it. Pretty, but I don't know. I'm guessing, but I mean, or that's what I'm thinking is going on. Like you here. have a key. Like you have a key to heaven. Like oh, it's like, like your, mm. you know, like. When you reside in the same home with your family, you have a key, right? You mm-hmm. earn that key, right? Mm-hmm. There you go. Because you have to have a relationship with the people that's within that, that home. So I think that's accepting you into the family. That's, you know, the gist of it. Mm-hmm. I, I I agree. And I agree with what you all are saying about the poor in spirit. Because the thing about it is, it's not to say that you can't have the Holy Spirit dwell within you. It's just saying Mm -hmm. that you still need the Spirit, the Holy Spirit to be with you because you can have the Holy Spirit dwell within you and still get into heaven. But you still, like you said, Lady T, you need to rely upon it daily to have it Mm -hmm. feed you. So you can have the Spirit, know of the Spirit, but there needs to be a back and forth reciprocation between you studying the word and absorbing it in to you so yes you can have a knowledge base of of god and of of the lord and everything else but you still need to rely on it and i think that is a problem because sometimes some people they forget where they came from and get too big Mm -hmm. for the as people say and that becomes an issue yeah that's a great point and i think that sometimes it's hard for us to rely that's a that's almost mm-hmm. a cuss word in some in mm-hmm. some people's vocabulary rely mm-hmm. on someone mm-hmm. or especially someone mm-hmm. you can't see you know what i'm saying so to mm-hmm. be able to mm-hmm. rely on jesus and he not in front of your face something that you can touch like it's easy to rely on money right because you can see that you can touch it you can spend it you know one dollar gets you this and two dollars gets you that so it's easy to rely on something like that. It's easy to rely on another person. Not really. Sometimes for some people, it can be easy to rely on another person, right? If it's a trustworthy person, it's someone who hasn't let you down, you know, and, and you know, who has been reliable. And it's easy mm-hmm. sometimes to rely on yourself because you're like, well, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I can do this. I can do that. I'm going to do that. 
no, I'm going to get it my myself. I'm going to get it my way. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. So a lot mm-hmm. of times we have, we can rely on ourselves, but it's hard to rely on, you know, faith, rely on Jesus, rely on God. And you're like, especially when you're in a crazy situation where like your life feels like it's in shambles and you're like, I'm supposed to trust. I'm supposed to have faith that everything going to be okay. And right. I just got my eviction notice. How am I supposed right. to do that? My child is sick. How am I supposed to do that? I'm overwhelmed at work. How am I supposed to rely that everything's going to be okay? But it takes, it, it, we say it like it's, oh, we could just do that. We just rely on God, but it's, it really takes a lot more than just saying it. It, it can be a struggle sometimes, you know? Yeah, it can be. <clears throat> but I think one of the um the Beatitudes will also touch on that about it. Okay. All right. Well, I we'll think I think I think. <laughs> 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 All right. So we can move on to the second one. And the second one says, Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And this is another tricky one, right? Mhm. Yes. Yeah. Right, so, what do you all think? What mourn meant that he was saying? You know, blessed are those who mourn. I don't think he's talking about those who are weeping or have someone died. Because <laughs> yeah, at first, really, that sounds so nice, right? It's like, right. When you cry, that means he's going to come for you. Your family Mm -hmm. member dies, that means he's going to come for you. And I mean, I was feeling like that for the longest time. um, But that's true. Like when you do, like, you know, when you have a family member or a friend who passes, or even if somebody leaves you, your husband leaves you or, you know, whatever, your child leaves Uh you, whoever, anything that leaves Uh you, you can even mourn over, you know, loss of a job, even things like that. Jesus does comfort you when you mourn, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's more tricky. Just like poor in spirit is a little bit more tricky. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that the morning is more so feeling bad for yourself for doing mm. something bad, mm, um, like shame or guilt, know, right? Like when you sin against God. Mm-hmm. And you are mourning in spirit, like, oh, my goodness, why did I do that? I know better. Or, you know, doing things outside of the will of God. You're mourning because you're sorrowful for what you're doing or what you've right. done. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, in the scriptures, the comforter is who? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's saying, they shall be comforted. So I feel like, you know, that's saying that when you get to the part of that repentance, that the Holy Spirit who's within you will comfort you and bring you back alignment into with God so that's how I took it yeah I absolutely see that like when you sin because this is the thing everybody who sins don't feel guilty after they do it hey you know (laughs) (laughs) some people they sin so much or they rationalize you know what they're even though they they might know what they're doing is wrong but they rationalize Mm -hmm. it so much or they sin Mm -hmm. so much that they don't care or, you know, they think they don't even realize that they're doing something wrong. They just thinking, oh, it's just a means to justify ends. Oh, it's, you know, I'm just doing this because I need or I want or whatever. And they don't even realize it's outside of the will of God. Or they don't even care mm-hmm. that it's outside of the will of God. They might not even believe in God. Those people 
they they think they get away with it, but they're really not the blessed ones, right? The ones who actually right. feel guilt after they have sin. That means that you know it's not good to sin. <laughs> but it means that when you feel guilt after you have sinned, it means that you still mm-hmm. got some moral code, that there is some yep. there is a Jesus spirit within you, there's a Holy Spirit in mm-hmm. you. Right. There's a spirit within you saying, Hey, you know that's wrong, right? And that's mm-hmm. the that right there is a blessing because then you can learn from it, right? You right. can, you know, you can you can know you can apologize for it when you know that mm-hmm. you've done something wrong. You could try to make it right again. Um, mm-hmm. you can continue to care for people and you're blessed with that because that's our Holy Spirit in you telling you, hey, you wrong, but we can make it right. We can, you know, stop doing that. Right. We can, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it don't sound like it's a blessing, but it is. Well, it is, it is because I don't want to get to a poor, a part like you know, we said in the beginning, this is like direction as to how a Christian is supposed to be living, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to get to a part where you're numb to knowing what's right and what's wrong. Right. Where you don't feel that guilt when you're doing something that you know is not aligning with the will of God. You want to get mm-hmm. to that part where you, <clears throat> you're you realizing, you know, when you're doing something, you have that notch like, oh my gosh, I'm doing something, I need to stop that urge to not do it because you already, the Holy Spirit is already talking to you and comforting you and talking to you about what you're doing is wrong. And you want that relationship that you're in that maturity relationship with God. Like you have a relationship because being a Christian is being like Christ, right? Right. Right. Not being Christ, but being like Christ. So you have to have that, the alignment with the rules, just like you have in parents, when you're living in their household and they're taking care of you, when they ask you to do something and you go against their will, what happens? You know that you broke that rule because you know that there is a rule. There is something that you're not supposed to do, right? Right. So you feel, you try to hide it or feel guilty, but then eventually you want to get to a point where you're able to express and know what you're doing is wrong, not so much like covering it up, but saying, okay, I know I did wrong. I'm sorry. I need to do better. So. Right. Right. Yeah. If you don't have that, then how will you ever learn and grow and exactly. be better? I, exactly. When I was younger, I was like, man, why I got to feel so guilty about everything? Like, I would lie. Okay? <laughs> I feel so guilty and I see people doing whatever the heck they wanted. And right. I'm like, man, how come? Ah. And it felt like, it didn't feel like a blessing, but it really is. Because how else would you grow? Mm-hmm. You can't. You cannot. Okay, so we can move on to number three. The third beatitude. And it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Mm. <laughs> blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth I mean first thing that came to my mind is uh, yeah I thought the earth ain't our home like what's up like why mm. not inherit the earth like what that, that was a little bit off for me but 
yeah. That's that's interesting, right? I'm glad you say that because that's true. The earth ain't our home, but mm -hmm. however, mm -hmm. we can still be blessed while we're on mm -hmm. this earth. Mm -hmm. So I feel like those of us who are humble, who are not prideful, and not just mm -hmm. like spiritually, I need God, but humble when it comes to the way you are with people you're not all me 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 selfish mm -hmm. you know instead you're selfless you give you think about others it's not just all about you then you will be blessed even while you're still alive here that's how i pretty much take it is once again right. it's like inherit the earth you get a piece of it what does that mean mm. get some land <laughs> <laughs> See, or is it just blessings in general like blessings while you're on this earth because earthly blessings are you know materials or relationships or you know there's a lot of earthly blessings out here but I think that maybe that's what that means is when you are humble and kind and think of others and giving then you actually mm -hmm. receive blessings on this while you're still alive. Not just when you have to die and go to heaven and then you get your blessings, but you can still get blessings while you're here too, which is awesome because, yeah. Mm -hmm. I would just uh, say that I thought of it, I mean, I, I see your point too, but I always thought of it because this is probably the beatitude that speaks the most to me, considering that uh, I like to fade into the black and into the background and no one noticed me and I just do things on quietness. But I would say, I always looked at it when it says you inherit the earth. Cause I get what you're saying about this, not being our home, but mm -hmm. everything kind of sort of comes from the earth, even like material things like the food we eat, mm -hmm. like everything comes. So I always look at it. Like you'll just be blessed with what is your, what you need or your necessities. And some people may get a little bit more than not, but if you think about it, most of us, even if we're not in the position or the places we want to be, we're blessed. We have a home, we have clothes on our back, we have, you know, a car to drive or a means of transportation, we have food to eat. So I just look at it like when you're humble and you help people and you're selfless, like somehow, some way, things tend to work itself out and you'll get the blessings somehow from the earth itself. That was just one way I had looked at it all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. That's good. I also looked at another scripture that talked about inherit the earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's Psalm, 30, Psalm 37, 9 through 11. Mm -hmm. And it says, for evildoers shall be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek, this is verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. That's where I'm getting that um, shall inherit the earth that you mm -hmm. would have an abundance of peace even in the mm. midst of like things oh, that's crazy first, right i remember the first one you were like how do you rely on god right mm -hmm. and that's the humility side of it like you have to be humble which is me and mm -hmm. then in the midst of everything that happens to you you have to realize that if you're in the will of god and you have a relationship with god 
that you, God has you covered, right? So then that means, what, what's that scripture? All things work together for the good of those right. who are right. So if you know that God is working everything together for the good while you're on this earth, and you have the humility, like the humility to be humble, then I feel like you will gain that peace, even in the midst of chaos, where other people may not have that understanding of your peace that you have that surpasses all understanding, that peace, that God mm. peace, that's the way that you're going to inherit the earth by having abundance of peace because the earth is chaotic. There's a lot going on. So right. that's another way that I was taking it. Right. Wow. I like that. Cause so basically those who are meek, those who are humble will, will be, will still have peace. Even in, a, exactly. even in the world is collapsing around them. They would still right. feel an inner peace. Mm-hmm. I like that blessing. <laughs> <laughs> I like that blessing. <laughs> like all chaos. I'm still at peace. God, yes. Peace, that's all understanding. Hello. All right. Any, okay. Anything else for number three? No, nope. not for me. All right. So number four, the Beatitudes says, "Blessed are those who hunger <laughs> and thirst for the righteousness, for they shall be filled." What do y'all think? I mean, I ain't trying to starve or be thirsty. Like, <laughs> Once again, <laughs> spiritual, right? And I just. Right. Listening to this, I uh well hearing this and reading this, I just come to mind the woman at the well. I think we talked about the woman uh-huh. at the well. Um yes, we did. okay, yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> woman at the well, and Jesus told her, You don't have to thirst anymore because the water I'll give you is you'll never be thirsty again. And uh-huh. it, it definitely reminds me of that to hunger and thirst for God, to to seek after him, to go after him. And when you get the the bread, which is basically what we've talked about before, like the word of God and to get the, the water from God, to get like the enlightenment mm-hmm. and the knowledge and the wisdom and the blessings and the anointing. Mm-hmm. So all that has you've been used symbolically as food and water in the Bible throughout right. the whole Bible. Um, mm-hmm. And so when you think after those things when those are the things that you are following and working for and looking for and striving for then you're blessed and you'll be and you'll get it and you'll get it you seek and you right. shall find right knocking the door shall be open so when you seek after good things then uh-huh. that's what you're gonna get you won't get some good stuff so <laughs> right <laughs> well, anyone you know else something else to add? <laughs> I do actually. I do have something else to add to that. So, the Sermon at the Mount. If you read just before where we started, so if you read the first verse of five, and even if you read at the end of four, then it's interesting because it relates to this hunger and thirst issue. And the reason why I say that is because. Well, in four, it talked about how Jesus was healing all these people, all these crowds was coming towards him. And so what he did was he decided to go on the mountain because he saw all these crowds. And then it says just only the disciples were the ones who follow him. Then he sat down and he told them basically all this very, very 
useful, helpful information to, you know, help us on our journey of life and our journey of seeking spiritual awareness and enlightenment. And it just, when I read that part of it, it just dawned on me, like, some people only seek Jesus because they want to fix the problem. They want to fix the mm-hmm. illness. They want, you know, they want some money. They want their job back. They want something tangible on this earth from Jesus. And then once they get it, they go mm-hmm. about their business. But like for a genie. The, huh? Like a genie. Like a genie. <laughs> yes, they think Jesus is a genie. Grant me this wish. Okay. Thank uh-huh. you, Jesus. And then they go on about their business, right? But yep. for the disciples, they sat and listened. And not only did the disciples get fed, they were, you know, healthy. The parents were healthy. You know, Jesus cured Peter's mom, I think it was. One of their moms he cured or something. Uh-huh. So not only did they get those things that they wished for of this earth, but they also got this spiritual awareness and enlightenment. And, you know, a true disciple of Jesus hungers and thirsts for righteousness, right? So being like the disciples, not just following him because you want your foot to be healed, but following him because you want to be with him, you want to be around him, and you're hungering and thirsting to know what is right, to know what is truth, to feel his love. And when you do that, when you're a disciple, instead of just a, you know, I just want to follow because I want to get what I want to get and then I'm out, then you get way more than what you even bargained for, which is all this big time knowledge and wisdom and enlightenment and spiritual growth and all that stuff too so I just really tie that hunger and thirst to even what was going on in Mount Sinai the background of the whole uh Sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. that's good I'll just add one more thing for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness mm-hmm. um, for they shall be filled um, everything that you said, I 100% concur. <laughs> but I also wanted to add that, like, with righteousness, that's like, you know, seeking God's justice. Mm-hmm. To me, it's like when you run after, when you hunger after him, then you will also have that satisfaction, right? right. Because he's handling everything that you need. So when you're hungry and you're thirsty, you want to quench it right then and there, right? You stop at anywhere to get food. You stop at, you know, anywhere to get a a cup of water. It's the same type of desire that God wants for Christians. It's for us to always be in constant hunger and thirst for him Mm. and chasing after him. Like, if we do that on a daily basis, like, just imagine how, how much of a relationship will we will have with him just think about one time when you were thirsty and you just had to stop somewhere like you couldn't handle it no more right mm-hmm. if you have that type of relationship or obsession let's just put it that way with being that close to god just imagine like how amazing that would be hmm Mm-hmm. Also, you pointed out it's for righteousness, so people can hunger and thirst for other things too. <laughs> Not just food either, all kinds of different stuff power, money, yep. sex, whatever. Yep. 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 Like, so it's not hunger and thirsting over that. They he made it very clear. Hunger and thirsting after righteousness. <laughs> so right, right. just in case there was any kind of confusion about that one. <laughs> People definitely, and then and then that's the other thing when people hunger and thirst 
after earthly things, it never fills mm. them up. Never. They want more and more and more and more, more and more. And more. more, more you can have a million dollars and yeah. you was it's just like you know, working to the board, bone for a million dollars. You get it. And you that's not enough. You need two million dollars, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just like gambling, you know? Yeah. You yeah. win and you still want more and more and yeah. more and you <laughs> and then you yeah. lose. Yeah. Yep. You never you fill up. One and you win. Mm-hmm. All right, so we can move on to the B attitude, which is the fifth one, which is Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> merciful and mercy. Hey. I like it. It reminds <laughs> me, it was some parable that Jesus talked about where he was talking about the a, a servant, a servant who owned a debt he owned like a small debt and then someone owed him something uh-huh, and uh-huh, uh-huh. you know what I'm talking about his master was like mm-hmm. okay I forgive your debt but he was like harsh to the person who owed him money yeah. and then the then the master was like oh you oh you gonna yeah. be harsh to him I'm gonna be harsh to you too and this part reminds me of that because you always want to God to show you mercy I know I do God to show me mercy. I'd be like, Lord, have mercy on me, please. I'm sorry, Lord. Or even mm-hmm. if it's not something that you did wrong, it could be like you're suffering at work or whatever. You're just tired. Lord, please have mercy mm-hmm. on me. But mm-hmm. if you are not merciful to someone else who might have wronged you or right. someone who's working for you and you're like, I don't care if you're tired, get back to work. <laughs> Right, 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 it's right. Like when you drive in and people want to get over into your lane and it's a whole bunch of traffic, are you going to be merciful and let them in? Or even on a serious note, like someone who is asking for money, they're homeless or on the street, they're asking for money. That's asking for mercy. Are you going to give it to them or no? If you're like, no, I'm not going to give them my hard earned money. I worked hard for that. Your master then is going to be like, you wait, you mm-hmm. show mercy to that person. Exactly. So. 100%. I agree. Um, the parable that you were looking at for was Matthew 18, 21 through 35, which is unforgiving servant. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. It just reminded me of that. Except for Jesus said it a lot nicer. He was like. It wasn't like, if you don't show mercy, I ain't giving you nothing. Right. He, he did right. He was like, if yeah, you like, show mercy, you will get mercy, which is a lot nicer mm-hmm. way to put it. <laughs> yeah, when you show me, that's, that's fact. Like, everything that you said is what I um, interpreted as. And when we, we have to also be careful when we don't show mercy, mm-hmm. we're passing judgment. Mm-hmm. And we have to be judging anybody. Nobody. Mm. We're not in position to judge nobody. Mm. So when you don't give mercy, you are passing on judgment. So Right, 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 right. What you would like to have for yourself, you should put out mm-hmm. into the universe and do the same. Right. And I completely agree with your right. passing judgment because I think a lot of times people don't necessarily mean to but it happens and the judgment is nothing but the lord's at at all so we're not here to say anything 
it's much better to just, you know, give the benefit of the doubt, dependent upon the situation, because I'm not saying let someone just roll all over you, but right. at mm-hmm. the same time, things are happening that you have no idea that's happening for people, and they're mm-hmm. reacting away. And it's not your responsibility, but at the same time, everyone deserves a pass at least once, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. even twice. So that's something mm-hmm. to keep in mind. And, you know, you it even though I know they say the golden rule is dead because depending upon who you're talking to and how they want to be treated can be frightening. But if you talk to a normal person who has like goodness in their heart, then, yeah, you should treat people the way you want to be treated. Well, it's hard because sometimes you are faced with. People who are taking it, you know, if you're a boss of a company and you have a who is always <laughs> taking off work, you and you know their mama, and you know ain't nothing wrong with their mama or whatever, or even if it's less funny than that, and it's like a person who is really, really horrible to you, like someone who's always borrowing money, never returning it, or someone who's abusive and manipulates you and talks bad about you and beats you up and then says oh I'm sorry and then you forgive them and then two minutes later here they are beating you up again you know how how do you how do you deal with that how do you how do you what does this mean in that situation like can I just say something real quick and I have to learn (laughs) so we as people we're so concerned about what someone's truth is and what someone's truth is not mm-hmm. and I feel like we make it our business to try to figure it out and it's so funny because my pastor today was talking about people telling lies on you mm-hmm. and if you try to ask people well, where'd you get that from where'd you get that from who did you hear that from what you're going to go through life is you're going to be what did he say he said something about um being a like a basically like a a lie detector, like you're going to try to figure out and it's going to take all your energy to try to get to who started what rumor. Mm. So, but it's not your job, it's God, because God will shut it down. So if someone is lying, that's their dealings with God. And we shouldn't be like, well, we know you're lying. And we're going, you know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, we might know, but at that point, you leave it to God, you pray, and you just ask God to reveal it. That's it. I think we, when we see it as blatant, like, we know, we know, we see it, we know, we have the facts, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, the person that needs the facts can't see the facts, right? So you pray for God to reveal that facts to that person <laughs> that needs to see it. <laughs> if it's not even like the lying part if it's someone is I mean lying can be very destructive don't get me wrong it can be very mm-hmm. destructive but if someone is really trying to destroy your family or hurt your child or mm-hmm. we're, we're making it we're making it light but there's 
people I, I mean and I've been there myself where it's like people are really trying to hurt you it could be physical mm -hmm. hurt it could be judicial hurt you know even like people lying on you to to protect their butts but you getting in trouble in court like people are going through things like that and that can be hard to be like okay well I'm gonna be merciful just speaking from experience you can do it so it takes a lot and it and it's hard to balance out being used and abused with being merciful right because you mm -hmm. want to be merciful and forgive people but you don't want to continue to be a doormat and be used and abused and taken advantage of and end up in jail when you weren't supposed to be in jail because you weren't the one who did that the other person who lied on you did it things like that so how do you balance that out being merciful and being forgiving with protecting yourself not being a doormat not being used not being abused not being walked over it's like a delicate balance to, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And by being used, I feel like being a Christian doesn't mean you're a doormat to be stepped right. over. You know what feels right and what doesn't feel right. And the best thing you can do is remove yourself in a certain situation. If you feel like you're being used, it's okay for you to say mm -hmm. no to someone. It's okay for you to say, mm, nah, not this time. You know, it's okay mm -hmm. for that. But with, with you know, you being punished for something that you know you're not deserving and being meek and humble at the same time, that's where that whole trust come in. Are you relying on God? The relying part. You know, because God said he will shut all evildoers down, right? So it will be on his term and not so much when we want it right then and there. So that's where that hard part about relying on God comes in because he would do it. He said he would do it, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just might not come as fast as we want it, but it will happen. You just right. basically have to go through the motion. And that's when you have to pray for those who are doing evil against you and pray for God to shut it down and reveal it. That's mm -hmm. all you can do. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It's, it's a hard pill to swallow because when it's being done to you, child, you want to pull out all the stops mm -hmm. at that point. Mm -hmm. But when you do that, what does it say? God takes a seat back because you got it, right? You don't want mm -hmm. that. You have to be in the front of it. So, yeah, I'll add to that. There's a difference between like forgiving and just being like, okay, you can take my million uh -huh. dollars again, you know, and uh -huh. forgiving and be like, I don't want anything bad to happen to you, but I'm going to protect myself from you because what? I know that you're doing these things that aren't right. You know what I'm saying? So, there's a difference between those two things. Being merciful doesn't mean, okay, I'll let you do whatever you want to me. Uh -huh. No, it doesn't mean that. It means I'm not going to wish anything bad on you. I'm not going to try mm -hmm. to make anything bad happen to you. I'm not going to punish you for what you did to me. But I'm right. also going to be smart how I deal with you and right. not allow you to continue to hurt me or my family or whatever with your foolishness so and that's right because your sanity is, your sanity is needed absolutely it's just like the saying you forgive but you don't forget that's right all. right i agree with that all right, so we're going to go to number six. And then we have two more after this. <laughs> so number six says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they 
shall see God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pure, pure in heart, y'all. Pure in heart. Mm. What y'all think? So I I think pure in heart for well, it can mean a a, a bunch of different things because depending upon who is looking at it or seeing it, but pure in heart to me is you're almost embodying all the other beatitudes where like, you know, you're merciful, you're meek, you're humble, you rely on God, you just have a, a very clean and untouched spirit of love within you. And you just want to like help people and do things for people and you're selfless. So it's kind of almost like you're the Beatitudes wrapped up in one, I guess, in a certain sense. And that you're always seeking righteousness and and goodness. And you just, you know, want to do well. You want to do the will of God, basically. That's, to me, what a pure in heart person is. Like, you don't have any alternative motives. You're not over Uh here trying to do well so someone can notice you and you go viral oh this woman gave 67,000 bats of cat food to all these cats and she <laughs> is now the cat woman or something crazy I don't know but you're you're not doing it for clout you're not doing it for honor or whatever you're doing things for the love of God out of just pure want and desire where basically you know, you're, you know, you're doing the will of God and maybe just maybe the only thing that you're getting out of it is just feeling a wonderful feeling of happiness and joy and love and peace from all of it because you're doing well. That's it. That would be the pure in heart to me. Right. Right. And I think like pure in heart to add on to it, it's like someone who is not so much checking all the boxes of what you're supposed to do as a Christian but has that desire to keep going even when they fall. Mm-hmm. Like, because we're not, we haven't arrived. We are not perfect. We still fall and short of the glory. You know, like we, we do things that we're not, you know, we, we do fall basically. So I think pure in heart is basically, like you said, following the beatitude and someone whose desire is to do the will of God and keep mm-hmm. pushing every time that they may have fall, they keep pushing. And does not have any kind of ill intent towards anyone or try to hurt someone in the midst of certain, you know, certain situations. Someone that always seek God for direction. That's what I see as a pure heart. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's like your heart is not corrupted. It's not right. like, yep. I'm doing this. I'm going to feed the homeless because mm-hmm. daddy's going to give me a card. It looks good on my resume. Oh, it it looks, looks good, good on my, on my resume. Yeah. I can get into college with this. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's mm-hmm. really because I just want to help somebody. Your intentions are good. Your intentions mm-hmm. are pure. They're good. They yes. don't, yes. they're not looking for anything else. They're not looking for a compensation. Mm-hmm. They're looking because they're good. Amen. Mm. Amen. And when you find a friend like that, baby, you need to keep them. <laughs> Very yes, true. It's hard to come by. It's hard to be, you know, it's hard to be that even on this earth to be like, okay, well, I'm just going to keep on doing it and not expect anything. That's a hard pill right. to swallow. Right. It, it is. You guys are selfish human beings. Like, we yeah. have to by this world. Okay? <laughs> what you got for me? What am I, why am I keep doing this for you and you're not doing this? That's how we see each other. Yes. And it shouldn't be that way. 
Yes. We're born yeah. like that. We're born like it's yeah. a milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we born corrupted anyway. So. <laughs> yeah. But it That's is hard because it. a lot of times, like, you know, you're doing, you're doing, you're doing, and then you're like, man, I'm I'm doing a lot. What am I get mm-hmm. And that it can be hard to be like, nope, I'm just going to do it for the good of the people. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can be hard, but that My is God. what that means. And that and is like being a mother. You get tired. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Like being a mother, you're doing everything. You're like, man, when am I going to catch a break? Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it for a good cause. Right. You don't, you know, it's it's a blessing to be a parent. It's a blessing to have children. That's mm-hmm. the blessing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why we mm-hmm. complaining now, right? <laughs> right, and it's a blessing to be able to use your hands and to be able right. to provide something. So when you're, mm-hmm. if you're feeding someone else, you use your hands to cook and feed someone else. That's a mm-hmm. blessing. Mm-hmm. Like it is. So mm-hmm. yeah, it is. and yeah. not only that, but you will see God. <laughs> <laughs> so what does that mean you will see god like what does that mean for they shall see god they shall see god what does that mean to shall. you because that could mean a lot of different things uh to your heart that means to me it seems like they will have it could be it could be two things like they shall mm-hmm. see god on a daily basis like actually have a relationship with god daily mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or it also mean in the end time you yep. will be before the Lord, yeah. like you yeah. shall see Him, you know. Right. So, right, because we gotta take account for everything we done did, every customer we done see. Hmm. Oh, oh yeah, we we gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> we also see God, but they shall see God. Like the door might be just open for them, no question about it. <laughs> Some of them might be like, um, yeah, so I have to. Uh, <laughs> Talk to you, yeah. Lord. Okay. <laughs> it could yeah. mean like see God, like understand Him more, uh, or it could even be like, see God in everyday things. So, for instance, people who do things out of the goodwill of their heart ooh. tend to see the beauty in things that other people can't see the beauty in. Like My they God. can see the beauty in, hey, at least I'm able to give to the homeless. Hey, look at that beautiful mm-hmm. rainbow. That means that God is still with me and his covenant still exists. Hey, look, they, you know, they see things like they see the up. world in a different way. Yep. You know what yeah, I'm man. saying? So it That's could beautiful. mean that too. That's yeah. beautiful. Very. I, I like mm-hmm. that very much so. I like that too. <laughs> mm. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. Anything else on um the pure in heart? No. Nope. We get All right. Number seven. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> I would say this this one speaks highly to me because y'all know I'm a peacemaker. Yes. Sometimes too much. <laughs> Sometimes yes. I get in trouble for it. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, I feel like basically those who don't try to stir up strife, but try to calm strife, you know what I'm yep. saying? 
and it doesn't have to be even be like when two people are fighting. It doesn't even have to be that um, literal, but it could be just on a general measure, like keeping the peace. I mean, worldwide, even universal in your household with yourself, you know, with your friends, making sure that they're okay, making sure that your kids are okay, making sure that people you don't know are okay. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the peacemakers. So they like universally, uh, what is it? Influence peace. <laughs> universally, yeah. not just like literally, like universally, the things they do eases the tension and eases the pain of someone who might not be at peace. You know, uh -huh. and it's funny because I guess in all the years we've known each other, we all have rubbed off on each other, and I have <laughs> been dubbed the peacemaker by several people I have worked with, um, or befriended through the years. And it's funny because there'll be tensions, like you said, and I'll come up and say, "Well, you know, you got to look at it like this," and they all roll their eyes mm -hmm. and said, "Oh." Here she comes with her peacemaking self. <laughs> you know, that's a good thing because it opens people to look at things from a different perspective, kind of what we mm -hmm. talked about earlier. When you want to have mercy and you want to try to look at things and give people the benefit of the doubt in situations, peacemakers do the same thing. They want to keep the peace and try to have people look at things from a different perspective so that people can be given something called grace because we all definitely need we need mercy and grace all day long mm -hmm. i know i need it so it's a beautiful thing for the peacekeepers because <laughs> it shall be the sons and daughters of the good lord we need some peacekeepers because you got a whole bunch of people that like to fight they feel very uh, foggy today uh, and they're like uh, i'm ready to jump and uh, i'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you when you have some peace being given out and some grace, it can it can definitely calm many a situation and attention in a way that you may not understand or even know and provide that peace that the wonderful meek and the humble folk tend to have surpassed them through all of their days. I've seen it. I saw it. In fact, I can tell you a quick story. There was a patient on our unit and he was um, unfortunately getting ready to transition and the family was there and he had two daughters. One was really nice and the other one was a mess. And she ended up actually getting into a fight with one of the techs on the floor. But that's another story for another day. Anyway, she was ready to fight everybody, like every single staff member that would come in the room to try to like take care of her father. And I remember she came to the desk and she was just angry. And she's like, I need an MF and spoon. And she was just yelling. And I'm just looking at her. And I said, Oh, hold one moment. So I came back. I said, Well, considering with everything, I bought you some spoons as well as some forks, some knives, and some straws. So in case if you need to utilize any utensils at this current juncture, you have plenty and leftovers for your family. And you could just see the anger was still there, but it softened for a minute. And all she could do was just say, she snatched everything out of my hand and said, thank you, and walked away. Huh? She was mad. And everybody else was looking, oh, you better than me. I would have <laughs> cussed her out. I said, and all of what's going on with her, she's so fragile that if you blow on her, she'll fall apart. She mm. needs to. 
She needs this very badly. So sometimes just something as simple as that to keep the peace and try to ease the tensions, especially when people have all kinds of stuff happening that we probably don't understand or know about. It's a great example. Mm, yeah. For me, when I read this beatitude, it was a little trigger for me. Mm. <laughs> so I was like, and I, you know, I'm I, I'm pretty transparent, and I see myself in two different ways. Like if I see chaos within a family or friendship or group, I tend to tr- be the peacemaker. Mm-hmm. But when it's dealing with me directly. I tend to be the frog that wants to jump all day long. <laughs> so um, when I was reading this, what came to mind that I wrote down, and I know it was nothing but the Holy Spirit, is that I should seek peace and not understanding or explanation. Because mm-hmm. whenever I am in the midst of an issue or like an argument or someone did me wrong I want the why and I want the explanation mm-hmm. and God doesn't call us to get all of that because even when I do get the why and the explanation it still doesn't bring me peace so mm-hmm. at that point it's like you know sometimes it might make it extra hard for me to get that peace because I'm literally like pinpointing everything that you just said based on your explanation and tearing it apart as it's not a, a good reason, right? Mm-hmm. So I I personally, listeners, pray for me. <laughs> I start seeking for looking for peace in the midst of chaos when it deals with me personally, instead of just being that frog that jumps all the time. So yeah, that's my transparency. <laughs> I found one that kicked my, my tail. <laughs> there's always something kicking it to I'm telling you yeah. I read this Bible and I'm, like, I'm convicted all the time but mm-hmm. I think you guys both actually point to a make a great point and that is that peacemakers can mean a whole bunch of things right it can mean mm-hmm. that you're kind to people who might be going through a rough time it could mm-hmm. be that you're stopping a fight you know you're breaking things mm-hmm. up but it also sometimes people are fighting because they don't understand they misunderstand or they've been lied to and sometimes peacemakers can also be true spreaders right so someone who takes the time out to explain this is why you know your father is dying this is what's going on with your you know mother or you know sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't you know, I've been uh-huh. there on both ends when I took my time out for hours and explained why something was happening um, and was completely honest and they were still mad or whatever. But, you know, maybe later on they calm down and they just start to, you know, think, OK, well, that makes sense. You know, and then they're maybe a little bit less angry or more angry, depending on the person. But, you know, sometimes just spreading the truth, even like spreading the truth again about Jesus, because. You know, a lot of times people fight wars and, and you know, mm-hmm. have prejudice and do all these things because they don't know what the truth is or they misunderstand or they misinterpret or they've been told lies all their life and they don't know, like, the truth of God and the truth of Jesus. And I look, lots of wars been fight been fought because mm-hmm. people don't know or don't want to know 
the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. anyway, I'm kind of getting off topic, mm-hmm. but yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <They're> fine. <laughs> All right. So the last one says, and I think it ties into the walk of mm-hmm. a Christian on this earth. Um, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for there is the kingdom of heaven mm. i i do think it ties in big time with your walk with jesus and so does so does the next part of that because yeah blessed talks about- are you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go ahead blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Yeah. So I do feel like as Christians, a lot of times, especially, I guess it can happen at any time during Christianity, but Mm -hmm. you do get persecuted Mm -hmm. for your beliefs. You Mm -hmm. get Mm -hmm. canceled. You get told Mm -hmm. that you're stupid because you believe in something that is stupid or whatever. You know, you're weird. You're weird. (laughs) You you don't know how to have fun. There's all of this (laughs) prejudice against Christians. Mm -hmm. People have lost jobs because they were Christian and because they prayed in school or prayed at their workplace Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, prayed. For their teammates or whatever, people have been killed throughout history from the time that mm-hmm. this book was written, and but from the time Matthew was written and all this stuff with Jesus happened to now, people Christians yeah. have been killed because of their faith, and I think that part of this is the second part of this is Jesus warning us. Look. Y'all, there's going to be some people out there that are going to treat you bad because you believe in me. But don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. You will re- be rewarded in heaven. And there's been many people before you that this has happened to. So you're not alone. And I think that this was a big part of this. Just Jesus warned uh, frequently his <laughs> disciples that this is going to happen to it, to them. And they did. And it did uh-huh. happen to them. It did happen to them. So, I don't know. That's my take on it. What you guys think? <laughs> you guys had it right. Uh, unfortunately, persecution can range from being teased or someone saying terrible things to you, just even being killed for your beliefs. And pretty much he's just telling you to hold strong because he loves you and he'll take care of you. And you definitely will be a part of the kingdom of heaven for sure. Not just a part of it, but yours is the kingdom of heaven again, where heaven will be your home. Like you'll have a key to it. Mm-hmm. You won't just be there. Mm-hmm. You'll have a stake in it. I agree with everything you guys said. But also just, you know, for us to remember that when you are, we're different as Christians, you stand out in this world. Because mm. this is not our home. And that when you are different, you stand out like a sore thumb. So people might not like you or people might look at you, you know, but you in a different way. But you're standing out for a reason. Just like Jesus did. Just be strong. Stand in your truth and your belief. 
and that know that he got you just like his father had him on that cross. We're good. So just stand strong. Yeah, I like that you said that because sometimes it's not even, oh, I'm going to fire you because you prayed in school. Sometimes it's, I don't like her. She she thinks she better than everybody else. So sometimes it's not like a blatant, oh, it's because you're Christian. Sometimes it's like just because you're standing out, people might be jealous of you or people just might not like you and not even know why they don't like you. They just don't like you. Right. Um, but it's because they can see that anointing or because, or yeah. even like, because you're blessed, you know, mm -hmm. you're inheriting the earth because you're, what was it? Because you're me. Mm -hmm. So you're inheriting <laughs> the earth and somebody else sees that and they're like, oh, well, I want what she got. So I'm a lie and say that she done stole and that way I can get her job. Or, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Things like that. Mm -hmm. People do that all the time like, <laughs> and it's not necessarily as blatant as oh i'm christian so oh you're a christian well i'm gonna kill you unless you you're you convert to muslim it's not sometimes it's not mm -hmm. that blatant sometimes it's just like oh i'm jealous of her i want that blessing that she has so i'm gonna make up a lie about her or you know i'm gonna treat her mm -hmm. badly or whatever so mm -hmm. sometimes it's not sometimes it's more indirect than direct with all the persecution right. and lying and all that stuff like that Right. And just stand in your truth. Like, you know, even with um, when you talked about meek, it came to mind about, you know, when um, the, the enemy was um, tempting Jesus when he was fasting. Mm -hmm. You know, Jesus could have shut that down because he, he holds all power in his hand. Right. He could have shut the enemy down, threw him off the mountain, whatever he could have done. But he was meek enough to go through it. Right. He was mm -hmm. humble enough. So even when we're sticking out as a sore thumb and things might not feel good, we have to remember that, you know, we have, he, he's given us the same right. You know, we have the power to be able to, you know, shut things down just as much. And we just have to tap into who we are and who we are. Just keep your faith, pray to God, and he will handle every chaos around you. And to me, that was, an example like Jesus uh, showed that even on the cross, you know, he could have taken himself off, but he still was humble enough to stay because it was for a greater cost and a greater good. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> awesome point. All right. So um, out of all of them, whoo, any, I mean, it doesn't have to be specific. You just, just tie it as to um, what it means to be a Christian walking with God. Like, what is your last thought on that and the directions that God has given us and how we're to address ourselves accordingly as a Christian? What do y'all see this the attitude in your daily life? How do you correlate with it? Right. I would say my summary of this whole thing would be just the definition of beatitudes which is uh -huh. the definition of beatitudes is actually to be blessed or blessedness or uh -huh. blessings and i just feel like the characteristics that stand out in true followers of christ and i've uh -huh. emphasized the part true followers uh -huh. of christ 
uh, those characteristics, knowing, you know, first of all, all these beatitudes are characteristics of true followers of Christ, knowing that you need him, your heart is pure, your intentions are pure, being kind, you know, trying to spread peace and love and all that kind of stuff like that. Those are characteristics of Christians. And even though you might get persecuted on this earth, you will still be blessed both on this earth and Mm -hmm. in heaven. And just, you know, being Christian is a blessing in and of itself. So Mm -hmm. that would be my takeaway. I would say whatever you go through as a Christian, there is a promise at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, even like with the Beatitudes, start with a blessing, but then he also explained the promise, the blessing that you would get in the end. So just like I said earlier, just hold on, you know, as Christians, it's rough on this mm-hmm. earth, I know. Mm-hmm. but um, God got you. He's never leaving you nor forsaking you. We tend to leave him, but he never leaves us nor forsake us. So just hold on and be Christ-like as much as you can. We all fall short. Um, just don't stay in your your pityness. Just rise up and keep it moving. You know, dust yourself off and keep it pushing. You will have haters, and it's okay. You know, haters are a footstool. Just remember that. They're just pushing you along to get to your destiny. That's all it is. So welcome the haters and pray for them. Mm-hmm. Well, you all had such words. <laughs> There's nothing left for me to say. So I I agree. Just just remember the Beatitudes is your attitude. Mm. True Christian followers. I'll just leave it at that. Hey, that's 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 a word, girl. Beatitude is your attitude. Yes, yeah. I like that. That's what you that's what you do there with that. Any other thoughts, ladies? No, that's it. All right. Well, we're going to pray out. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the word that you have given us with these wonderful beatitudes. Allow for us to go through this up and coming week and be great, true Christian followers and devote Christians and follow your word and your will. And just remember that. You are there for us no matter what. Just keep on pressing on and pray and get through to everything. Pray these things in your precious and holy name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen.